I have the opportunity to direct uh, the camp of Wildwood here at Hume. Hume has four camps here at the lake. You're in Ponderosa. There's Meadow Ranch for middle schoolers, wagon train for the elementary kiddos, and then up over the hill and down is Wildwood. It's Hume's high school discipleship camp. We have around 100 students each week. Smaller camp. Smaller camp. Sleeping in tents in the midst of the elements. If you've woken up early and stepped outside, it's like, ooh, it's a little brisk out here. They're living in the midst of that briskness. And they do it together. Uh, we all give up our cell phones when we come to camp. We give up our watches when we come to camp. They don't know what time it is. Students are not given a schedule. Why in the world do we do this? Because we are so good at and we love being in control of everything. You want to be in control of everything. But turns out we're not. <laughs> and so how can we in a safe environment learn how to release control so that when the world hits us in the face as it does, we already have some muscle memory in knowing how to trust God in the midst of the unknown. So we embrace discomfort at Wildwood. So that camp's probably not for all of you, but it might be for some. So as much as I love recreation and like headbutting people in the face, um, we do things a little bit differently over at Wildwood where it's a lot slower pace, um, a lot of extended solo quiet time every single day, and a lot of intentional community building and challenges that you work together. You get to work in the kitchen. Um, we get to make meals together. We get to do service projects outside. The only buildings we have are the bathrooms. So different kind of camp. Youth pastors, students, if you're interested, come talk to me. Love to chat. That's not the focus of the seminar today, but that is what brings me here. Uh, we do have a sponsor today for our seminar. It's God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. He has made it possible for every single one of us to be here. He has given you every single breath that you've ever had in your entire life, and your heart is still beating right now. Praise the Lord. And he's given us his word that we're going to draw near to. So that's what we're going to do in a moment. But uh-oh, here comes the uncomfortable part in the midst of being able to be in comfortable seats. You have to, in a moment, get up out of the comfortable seat and go find someone you don't know at all. At all. One person. Oh my gosh, my voice. Here's what we're going to do. Two-part question asking. Two-part, two-part. Who is one person who you have received care from significantly in this past year? Who is one person you've received care from in a significant way in this past year? Second part, how? How did they extend that care to you? Who is one person in this last year you've experienced significant care from and how? You're going to go find someone you don't know. You're going to hear that from them. You're going to share yourself. You're going to giggle, laugh, high five, and then return to your seat. One, two, three, go!
Okie dokie. If you can find your way back to your seat. How'd the sharing time go? Good. Your name? Hannah. Hannah. Nice to meet you. And? Razzy. Razzy BR. Nice to meet you. Real first name? Well, it looks like the majority of you um, survived going and meeting someone you didn't know. That's encouraging. That's encouraging. Turns out you can go and interact with people you don't know, and it might actually be a blessing. What? What? <laughs> Mind blown. Okay. We're not sharing names. We're not sharing uh, the personal details, but let's share and hear from some of you the second part of the question, the how. How was that significant care extended or received in the person that you talked to? You're not sharing about yourself. You're sharing about the new person that you just met and the care that they received. What was the care? How did they receive it? What was the care that was extended? Just raise your hand. I'll call on you. Say it nice and loud. Just took them out for a one-on-one -on -one conversation in the midst of whatever is going on. Yeah, absolutely. That's care. Yeah. A close, close friend, knowing him, pushed him in, in a yeah, compelling way, spiritually and physically towards good. Awesome. Awesome. Can you say it again? Yes. Mom teaching him how to pray, guiding him along in the faith. That's awesome. Yeah. Nice, consistent meetups to just talk, pray, whatever it is. After church services, especially, maybe even to discuss the message. Continuously always being there, even in the midst of the struggles. So yeah, consistent presence. That's huge. Mm. Being a great listener, that, that is a gift and a remarkable way to extend care. Listening to whatever's going on and in the midst of it, bringing it back to Christ and pointing them to Christ. Awesome. Yeah. Huge financial support of a parent towards a child. Absolutely. A few more. A few more. This slides, uh, yes. Yeah, always being holy, being present for them, helping them out, even in the hardest, most difficult of times. Yes, helping someone to set aside time for time in the word, time in prayer. Absolutely, even helping with scheduling. Yeah, last two. Yes. Help from spouse in the midst of having a new kiddo in the house. That's huge. Riley partnered up with me. Yeah. Mm. Bringing them to church. Oh, absolutely. Ways of care. So there's a theme going on, I think, in the care that we're talking about. And we're going we're gonna to talk about... What makes this significant? Because 
here's a kind of a crazy thing. There are nice people in this world that don't know Jesus. There are people who can even do good without knowing God or having even a right motive. I mean, even just think about you. If you're trying to impress that guy or girl, you might really go out of your way to do some really nice things. But motive is kind of trash in some ways because it's for you. It's for your selfish gain. So we're going to talk about how even these things need to be rooted in gospel-centered love and care. And we find that in the example of Jesus. But what we're going to do today is actually look to like an anti-example of care. So if you can open your Bibles to Ezekiel 34. Ezekiel 34. We're going to be climbing into the imagery of shepherds. So let's just get our characters established. Um, Shepherds are caring for sheep. Yes. That was the worst. Um, Sheep... If they were to have an enemy, their enemy would be wolves. Good. And a wolf is just a known enemy. Shepherds then are the protectors, defenders of the sheep against enemies like wolves. Ezekiel 34 is where we're going. So let's say the wolves are starting to step up their game, even in the sense of having disguises. What would be the next tier of danger for a sheep, specifically concerning wolves, and creative disguises. Hmm. A wolf in sheep's clothing. Good one. Maddie. Oh, I have Maddie. Thank you. A wolf in sheep's clothing. Absolutely. Because a wolf, a shepherd can see, and if it's a good shepherd, defending the sheep from. Wolf in sheep's clothing, even the, sh- the shepherd wouldn't necessarily see it. The sheep would think, okay, this is a peer devastation, destruction. If these wolves are even stepping up their game one more notch, what would be even a more dangerous version of a wolf? Ooh, put it in the clothing language. Yes, a wolf in shepherd's clothing. What was your name? Elliot, congratulations, good answer. What? A wolf in shepherd's clothing. Think about that for a moment. The ones that we think would be the ones to extend care, protection, help, turning out to be the predator themselves. It's heartbreaking. Because that's where the sheep would feel the safest, but end up being in the most danger. If a wolf were to just come into a group of sheep and devour, death would still be there, loss would still be there. But if that same kind of devouring takes place, because the wolf was disguised as a shepherd, not only is there death, loss, destruction, but there's also the devastation of broken trust that would take place. And maybe some of you have experienced this in sad ways. The people in your life that you thought you could most trust, be cared for, and rely upon. Turning out to be more wolf-like than shepherd-like. And here's the reality. Each one of us has got a wolf inside. Each one of us. 
It's a wolf and flesh-like nature that Jesus Christ, in his death on the cross, us being able to proclaim his name as our Lord and Savior, has washed us from, freed us from, broken the chains, sin and darkness, but yet we can still migrate back into and choose to take on wolf-like tendencies. So, that's the reality. So, in the pursuit of us seeking to care for others and be more like the good, great shepherd, Jesus Christ, how can we do that? And how do we put the wolf continually to death inside of us so that we bring about care and not harm? Ezekiel 34 is where we're going. And this is tragic because these shepherds of Israel, the spiritual leaders, the people God has put in charge that are to be the caretakers of God's people are doing the exact opposite. They're killing. They are taking. And we're going to see why. So this is uh, God speaking through Ezekiel. And he's speaking strongly because a wolf in shepherd's clothing is the exact opposite of what God's desire and intent is goes like this, Ezekiel 34, starting in verse 1. The word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to them, even to the shepherds, thus says the Lord God, Ah, shepherds of Israel who have been feeding yourselves. Should not shepherds feed the sheep? You eat the fat. You clothe yourselves with the wool. You slaughter the fat ones, but you do not feed the sheep. The weak you have not strengthened. The sick you have not healed. The injured you have not bound up. The strayed you have not brought back. The lost you have not sought. And with force and harshness you have ruled them. So they were scattered. Because there was no shepherd. And they became food for all the wild beasts. My sheep were scattered. They wandered all over the mountains and on every high hill. My sheep were scattered over all the face of the earth with none to search or seek for them. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. As I live, declares the Lord God, surely because my sheep have become a prey and my sheep have become food for all the wild beasts, since there was no shepherd and because my shepherds have not searched for my sheep, but the shepherds have fed themselves and have not fed my sheep. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God, behold, I am against the shepherds, and I will require my sheep at their hand and put a stop to their feeding the sheep. No longer shall the shepherds feed themselves. I will rescue my sheep from their mouths that they may not be food for them. Ouch. If this was a job performance assessment for you, It's not going well. These shepherds, the one who are supposed to be extending the care, love, protection, provision, doing the exact opposite. And why is that? It was because they were seeking after their own selfish gain. I think that's connected to the wolf inside of us. Consuming for us. The only hope we have for that wolf to be put to death inside of us is clinging to the gospel. 
This is what is the purpose of everything that's going on here at Hume Lake, is to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so here we go. Jesus, fully God, fully man, made himself into flesh, came into the world because there was a massive problem. We were disconnected with him. We've got the wolf. We've got the sin. That disconnects us from a holy God. Cannot be a relationship. Though he made us for relationship with him, the sin is the massive chasm that has separated us, and there's nothing we can do to be made right. God made it possible, Old Testament, sacrifices for there to be temporary bridgings, but then we blow up the bridges every time we sin and cause the relationship to cease. And so there needed to be a once and for all perfect sacrifice to cover all sins, past, present, future, so that relationship with God could be sustained forever. And God's the only one who could do it. And he did. Jesus Christ, God-man, lived the perfect life none of us could ever live in no way deserving of death. We are. That's our paycheck. The wages of our sin is death. That's what we deserve and eternal separation from God. God, in his great love for us, laid down his life, took on our punishment so that we might have what he had, righteousness the perfect, spotless record is now ours in being washed with the blood of Jesus Christ, his perfect once and for all sacrifice. But he's so legit that death couldn't hold him down. He defeats death. He rises on the third day, defeating death and giving us confidence that even though we will still face death, we will still face physical death, in Christ we will never face spiritual death. I've got my assistant director. His name is also Jordan, Jordan Jarbo. This guy has terminal brain cancer. And he's choosing to live his days, his numbered days, which we all have, but he's just seeing it closer in some ways than we are, even though any one of us could die today, and that's it. He's living his numbered days proclaiming that, as we're talking about the church this summer up at Wildwood, he gets this subject, church as hospital, where we diagnose our terminal spiritual diagnosis of sin. He talks about how he has two terminal diagnoses, his brain cancer and his spiritual terminal diagnosis of sin. God's done away with and healed him completely of his spiritual terminal diagnosis, the more important problem. So he knows that even though he's going to be entering into death very soon, that his life, eternal life, is secure because of what Jesus has done and how Jesus has brought Jordan Jarbo into life through his death and sacrifice. So how in the world do we shepherd? We shepherd being shepherded by the great shepherd, Jesus Christ, who is the perfect example of laying himself down so to care for and make a way of life for others. This doesn't mean necessarily that we're going to be called to lay down our lives and die for others. But maybe it does. The dying more so that will take place for us in Christ as we seek to care and shepherd and love others is the dying and setting aside of what we would want to pursue what the wolf in us would want to consume. 
all the examples we heard today of the care that was extended. Time. How do you spend your time? Is that a resource that you even consider? Oh, I've got three hours free. Who could I invest this time in? Who could I care for in these three hours? Or is that sweet? Now I can watch that YouTube channel that I haven't caught up with. Now I can finally curate those posts I've been wanting to do. Now I can finally find those sneakers online that I've been wanting. With Jesus' help, we can put the wolf to death in us so that we can be freed to live for others as we see his example. So how do we do this? We be shepherded first. We have to be shepherded by the great shepherd. And we have to be shepherded by people who shepherd like Jesus. I believe those people are in this room. You've been students living under and being cared for by men and women who are giving up of their time, their resources. Some of them are taking vacation time to be sleeping in a smelly cabin with you that just is like soggy and smells weird, and they're not getting any sleep practically, but they're doing this because they believe that this is the good portion, choosing to proclaim the gospel and live it out to you. Do you see the sacrifice they're making? I believe that your leaders are seeking to shepherd and care for you like Jesus. We got to be careful, though, because every single one of your leaders also, and they would acknowledge it, they've got the wolf inside. And sometimes the wolf gets the better of us each some days. So are you submitting yourself to people who are like Jesus? How do we know if they're like Jesus? My goodness, he's given us his word. He's revealed himself in writing and in person, the word incarnate, Jesus Christ. Got to get to know him, peeps. You got to have these gospels down, knowing how Jesus interacted with people, knowing how Jesus responded to dissension, arguments, all the things. How did he live? When we know Jesus, the God man, the perfect sacrifice, the great shepherd, then we'll be able to see him and how he's in work in the people we can submit ourselves under. And as we are being shepherded well by God's people, by his word, and receiving from him, that's when, as we continually put to death the wolf inside of us with the power of the gospel, seeing Jesus' perfect self-sacrificial example of love, and now we start to take it on, that's when we can start loving others. That's when we can see that you have people in your life that God has placed for you to care for. Those younger siblings, those neighbors, perhaps even people older than you. That you, as you are clinging to Jesus, and maybe they haven't even heard the name of Jesus yet, God's going to use you to be a light in the midst of their lives. Because the greatest way that we can shepherd and care for people is by shepherding them and bringing them to Jesus, the great shepherd. That is the best way that we can care for people. Because if the ultimate biggest problem is our separation from God, then the ways that God has given us this gospel to be ambassadors of, to be stewards of, ministers of the gospel, every single person who's proclaimed the name of Jesus Christ is a minister of the gospel. I don't care if you're pursuing business. I don't care if you're pursuing online gaming for the rest of your life. Your minister of the gospel, is that a role that you're taking on because of the God who saved you? 
It'll look differently in every single one of our lives. But one thing that won't look different is our clinging to Jesus every single day and saying, God, this wolf is still creeping and pulling his ugly head up in my life, and I'm still wanting to cling and grab to the things of this world that I know are of no value, that will all fade away. I came into this world naked, and naked I'm going out. God, help me to trust you in your ways, and help me to live a life that points others to you, not to the things of this world. You will have no help from the world in this. The world is saying, grab as much as you can. Gather. You deserve this. You need this. The world is no help in living a selfless life at all. If you think going to Twitter, Instagram, the social medias, YouTube, sure, there are some people who are using those spaces to be remarkable light posts for the kingdom. Bless them. That is not where I want to do my ministry. But bless them. That might be a calling for you. So, where does this leave us? It leaves us being able to be shepherds because we've been shepherded. And now, going back to the passage that starts as this massive rebuke, we need to be reminded that every single one of us, left to our own devices, would be bad shepherds. We would be the ones who are getting called out. But... We have a great God who is merciful and kind and who is willing to return to his own and save them. So let's just finish up portions of this chapter as we close out. Our God is the one who ultimately saves. Our God is the one who makes it possible for us to be shepherds under the great shepherd and live like him. Because he says this in verse 11. For thus says the Lord God, Behold, I myself will search for my sheep and will seek them out. As a shepherd seeks out his flock when he is among his sheep that have been scattered, so will I seek out my sheep. And I will rescue them from all places where they have been scattered on a day of clouds and thick darkness. I will bring them out of the peoples and gather them from the countries and will bring them into their own land. I will feed them on the mountains of Israel, by the ravines, and in all the inhabited places of the country. I will feed them with good pasture, and on the mountain heights of Israel shall be their grazing land. There they shall lie down in good grazing land, and on rich pasture they shall feed on the mountains of Israel. I myself will be their shepherd, the shepherd of my sheep, and I myself will make them lie down, declares the Lord. I will seek the lost. I will bring back the strayed, I will bind up the injured, and I will strengthen the weak. But for the fat and the strong, I will destroy, and I will feed them in justice. Perhaps today you've never thought of yourself as a shepherd, but more so as a sheep, and maybe you're just thinking, man, I'm one of those hurt sheep right now. I'm one of those straying sheep right now. Guys, come to the good shepherd. Jesus is the one who wants to wrap you up in his arms like when the prodigal son returns from his reckless living. That father sees him from a long way off and runs to him to embrace him and lavish on him the unconditional mercy and grace, love towards him. So like our God, will he run to you, embrace you. This world hurts. 
It's actively hurting, as in hurting going forth from the world and just in pain. This side of eternity, there's just only going to be more and more pain that is brought about in this world. But God has us to be here to point people to and be reminded of ourselves that our God once and for all will do away with this. Going to verse 25 as we close this time. I will make with them a covenant of peace and banish wild beasts from the land so that they may dwell securely in the wilderness and sleep in the woods. I will make them and the places all around my hill a blessing, and I will send down the showers in their season. They shall be showers of blessing, and the trees of the field shall yield their fruit, and the earth shall yield its increase, and they shall be secure in their land. They shall know that I am the Lord, which I break the bars of their yoke and deliver them from the hand of those who enslaved them. They shall no more be a prey to the nations." nor shall the beasts of the land devour them. They shall dwell securely, and none shall make them afraid. I will provide for them renowned plantations so that they shall no more be consumed with hunger in the land and no longer suffer the reproach of the nations. And they shall know that I am the Lord their God with them, and that they, the house of Israel, God's people, are my people, declares the Lord. And you... You, every single person has proclaimed Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior and been washed by his blood. You are my sheep. Human sheep of my pasture. And I am your God, declares the Lord God. Friends, if we are in Christ, if we are brought under the great shepherd, through his example, through his life, self-sacrificial love, we now can be growing in likeness of him, putting the wolf to death and extending that self-sacrificial love because we can love because he first loved us and made a way. Our shepherd will return. We will be safe for forevermore, but for now, he has us here to shepherd this world. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, Lord, we praise you and we thank you. This world is full of so many hardships. Every single way that these students and leaders just shared with each other at the beginning of our time of the care that they received is because there were times that care was needed. Lord, this is a world where care is needed because of the pain that is present. God, I thank you for your example, your life, and the way that you gave it all for us, to make a way for us to experience relationship with you and secured life forevermore. Lord, with all that you've given us, help us to faithfully respond and live according to the perfect, self-sacrificial, loving example that you've shown us. I pray and ask that you would help these students, these leaders, to be the light in this world and the way that they care for people, that people would see that there's something different about them and that difference in them would be you, God. That you free us to not live for self, but to live for others. I pray that these people here would be shepherds of care, not shepherds of hurt. 
Help us, Lord. We need your help every single day. Would you bless the rest of this week as these students engage in their conversations and sit under your word. Open their eyes. Open their ears. Soften their hearts. Give everyone here stamina and energy, Lord, for what you have for them. I pray and ask all these things in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. You're a